Sound Words, Christian Magazine, Volumes 71-80. Republished by Irving Rich, host of Down-to-Earth but Heavenly-Minded Podcast. Meditations on the Ark of God. Bringing the Ark to Jerusalem. 2 Samuel chapter 6, 1 Chronicles chapter 13. When divine judgment fell upon Uzzah for touching God's holy ark, an act of gross disobedience to the command that had been given at the beginning, David was indignant and afraid of God. Like Jonah, David was angry because God did not act as he thought becoming to the situation. Jonah was angry because God acted in mercy and spared Nineveh. Jonah chapter 3 verses 4, 9. David was angry because God punished Uzzah for an act of disobedience for which David was partly responsible for he should never have tolerated a new cart being used to transport the ark to Jerusalem. Neither Jonah nor David understood the ways of God. God could forgive the Philistines using a new cart, for they had not his word nor his priests, but he looked for obedience in his people who had his holy oracles. It is not difficult to understand why David was afraid of God. He had not consulted God at all in this solemn matter, which showed that he was not in communion with God. Where there is true communion with God there will not be fear. Fear exists where God is not known, where the conscience is not pure before him, and when God intervenes to make us aware that we have been acting without regard to his will and his glory. God's intervention in judgment had made David aware that he was displeased, and David's conscience had been reached. His reaction was that of a guilty conscience that had not yet sought to learn from God the reason for his displeasure. David should have immediately sought the reason for God's judgment, hanging his head under his chastening hand. Reverential fear of God does not make us afraid of him, but makes us act so as to please him, and it was here that David was lacking. No doubt he thought that God should have been pleased at his bringing the ark to Jerusalem, but he had to learn in a painful way, what we should all know. That God's work should be done in God's way if we are to please him. When God acts to safeguard the honor of his name and to secure his glory, it becomes his saints to bow under his discipline, and to learn the lessons he desires to teach them. During the long years that the ark had been in the house of Abinadab in the hill, there is no evidence of God acting to arouse the king or the people concerning their neglect of his ark. He waited in patience, suffering all the while the indifference of his people, but now that the king had acted, showing some regard for him. God intervenes to teach his people afresh what is becoming to those who claim relationship with him. Because of his being afraid of God, David will not bring the ark to Jerusalem, but carries it aside into the house of Obdedom the Gittite, and while it remained there, God blessed the house of Obdedom. And all that he had, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 14. It was this that renewed the exercise of David concerning the ark of God. How very different was God's attitude towards Obdedom and Uzzah. Do we not see in this an illustration of the goodness and the severity of God, of which Paul writes in Romans chapter 11 verse 22. We may be sure that the goodness of God towards the house of Obed-Edom was because there was a godly care for his ark, even as his severity fell upon Uzzah because of his disregard of the divine commandment. God's ark was not to be touched by an unsanctified hand, much less looked into by the unholy eyes of the men of Beth Shemesh. It was only for three months that the ark was in the house of Obed-Edom, but God's blessing was so manifest that the tidings of it soon reached the ears of the king. Is there not something for us to learn from this? When Christ has his true place in the hearts and homes of his people will there not be the evidence of his blessing for all to see? News of God's blessing reached David, even as it is written, and it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obdedom, and all that pertaineth unto him. Because of the ark of God, 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 12, and this good news stirred up the king. For David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obdedom into the city of David with gladness. What heart-searching must have gone on between David's first journey with the ark and his second?
there was also searching of the scriptures, for David said, None ought to carry the ark of God but the Levites, for them hath the Lord chosen to carry the ark of God, and to minister unto him forever. 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 2. The king was no longer afraid of God, and his indignation was gone, for he no doubt realized that it was his ignorance of God's word, and his failure to consult him, that had caused God's intervention in judgment. Moreover, he had learned that the blessing of God is reserved for those who manifest a godly care for his interests. God had not left it to David, or to any other, to say how the ark of his testimony was to be carried, for he had chosen the Levites for this service, and his choice must be respected and owned. Is it not the same today? God has a chosen company, his own saints, those who have been separated from among men to serve him, and to them his testimony has been committed. Every saint of God has the privilege, and the duty, to carry about with him from day to day the testimony of God concerning his Christ. Preachers have the privilege of announcing God's glad tidings, and it is a very precious privilege, but even the youngest in the family of God carries about with him the testimony concerning him whose name is called upon him. To the saints in Corinth the Apostle Paul wrote, Ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, and this epistle is known and read of all men. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 2-3. Paul does not say that they ought to be Christ's epistle, but that they are that epistle. We carry Christ about in all our ways. What kind of an impression are we giving of Christ? Alas! There are those in Christendom who have arrogated to themselves this testimony, being a priestly caste, chosen of men, and many of them shall perish, in the gainsaying of Cor, Judes 11. God has not left it to men to choose his priests and levites, he has chosen them, and to every one of them, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. And it is this divinely given grace that alone can enable God's chosen to carry about his testimony of Christ. Having gathered the people, the children of Aaron and the levites, David instructs the priests and levites, saying, Ye are the chief of the fathers of the levites, sanctify yourselves, both ye and your brethren that ye may bring up the ark of the Lord God of Israel unto the place that I have prepared for it, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 12. He had not learned this from his consultation with the captains of thousands and hundreds, and with every leader, 1 Chronicles chapter 13 verse 1, he had learned it from the word of God. Then David confesses his failure, saying, For because ye did it not at the first, the Lord our God made a breach upon us, for that we sought him not after the due order, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 13. Here David acknowledges that God's hand was not only upon us but upon them all. There was collective responsibility and guilt in this matter, and David no longer thinks of Perez Uzza, but of the breach upon us. After the three months of soul-searching, scripture-searching, and exercise before God, and with the confession of their failure, Israel can now gather to bring up the ark, after the due order. So it is recorded. And the children of the Levites bear the ark of God upon their shoulders with the staves thereon, as Moses commanded according to the word of the Lord. 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 15. The first attempt to bring up the ark was marked by judgment, indignation and fear, but on the second occasion there is great joy. The singers were there, and, with instruments of music, psalteries and harps and cymbals, sounding, by lifting up the voice with joy. At the command of the king, the Levites appointed the three chief musicians, Heman, Asaph and Ethan and the porters were also there, and the doorkeepers for the ark. The elders of Israel were not left out, nor were the captains over thousands, but this time they are not consulted, but called to join the joyful throng. When the new cart was used to carry the ark, God intervened in judgment, now that the Levites are called to serve. God helped the Levites that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. And it was when the help of God came that they offered seven bullocks and seven rams, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 26. This was a perfect offering for the occasion, the bullock that gave the highest expression of sacrifice to God, and the ram that speaks of consecration.
How delightful all this must have been to God, the sacrifice of praise, the offerings upon the altar, the priests, blowing with their trumpets before the ark, the elders, the people, the captains, the doorkeepers for the ark, the porters. All there with the king to celebrate and safeguard the ark of God that had been so long neglected. The psalmist speaks of this neglect where he writes, Lo, we heard of it at Ephratar, we found it in the fields of the wood, Psalm chapter 132 verse 6. If this was when it was in the house of Abinadab, it would seem that after the first manifestation of godly care, 1 Samuel chapter 7 verse 1, the ark of God was subject to gross neglect. David was suitably attired for the occasion, for he was clothed with a robe of fine linen, and he had also, upon him an afford of linen, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 27. He was not a priest, but he was clothed in priestly raiment, his spiritual judgment discerning that his royal robes would not have graced such a holy gathering. God's ark was the center of attraction and attention, not the king of Israel. David was not occupied with himself, but with the Lord, and he was found, leaping and dancing before the Lord, 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 16. There was, however, one discordant note that day, one whose heart could not enter into the joys of the holy occasion, for, Mitchell the daughter of Saul looking out at a window saw King David dancing and playing. And she despised him in her heart, 1 Chronicles chapter 15 verse 29. Not content with despising the king in her heart, she also reproached him for his actions, but the king replied, It was before the Lord, which chose me, therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight, 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 20-22. The flesh cannot understand what becomes the presence of the Lord, but those who know the Lord apprehend how base they are in themselves when seen in the light of God's presence. A light that not only exposes what they are, but that reveals what he is in all his love and grace. The ark having been brought into the place prepared for it, there are burnt offerings and peace offerings, that which is for the heart and pleasure of God and also that which his people can feed upon in his presence in communion with him. After the sacrifices are offered, the king blessed the people in the name of the Lord, and distributed to them that which would nourish them and make their hearts glad, 2 Samuel chapter 6 verses 18-19. What memories the people must have carried home with them from the happenings of that glad day.